Hi, thanks for tuning in to High on Horror. I'm Drew. And I'm John. This episode and every future episode is dedicated to all the horror hounds and smokers out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time. Today is the day that we review The Pope's Exorcist, starring Russell Crowe as Reverend Gabriel Amorth. That's that gladiator, John. <laughs> the real-life exorcist. Crowe doesn't do horror movies because he is not a fan of them, because they scare him. But he really wanted to play the role of Gabriel Amorth. And uh, it's nice that someone with Crowe's capability, you know, now tackling horror. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing how he does. Um, this episode will have spoilers, be warned. All that and more today on Eye on Horror. Horror. Interviews, reviews, and the latest news all rolled into one. Alright, if you hear that train noise, you know it's time for Strain Rack, the segment of our show that... We like to start our show off with, because it gets us off on the right foot, it's the segment where we talk about what we're smoking this episode. John, what do you got for us today? Got us some King Tut. <laughs> oh, King Tut, all right. Also known as Tutankhamen. I guess they just wanted to, uh, and also Pharaoh, I mean. So it's just got Egyptian names no matter what. It's just got names that all revolve around him. So it's called that mummy strain. That mummy strain. 20% THC. Uh, it's a potent sativa marijuana strain made from a cross of AK-47. Uh, King Tut produces uplifting effects, making it an ideal choice for social outings and creative situ- uh, situations. Creative stimulation. <laughs> Kinky. This strain features flavors that are sour, skunky, and fruity. Medical marijuana patients choose it to help relieve symptoms associated with pain. Growers say the strain is sensitive to high humidity and fungus. Man, they're okay. going in-depth with this one. Yeah, uh, but makes for an excellent mother plant. Uh, questions about King Tut. Is it an indica or sativa? Well, in the reviews, they're answering questions. Well, you already <laughs> told me it was a sativa, so I'm correct. It is, again, a sativa. How does it make you feel? They said happy, uplifted, and energetic. How does it taste? It tastes skunky and sweet with earthy undertones. <laughs> And what terpenes are in King Tut? It features mercin, mycerin, as the dominant terpene, and what strains are similar to King Tut? Apparently, monkey mints. <laughs> That's, I want to. I want to smoke some monkey mints. <laughs> Tangerine Dream, and uh, one we smoked a couple weeks ago. SFV OG Kush. Dude, we need to get some monkey mints on this show. It's gotta right? happen. So. Uh, <laughs> As always, I got a, uh, well, I guess not as always, just recently started it, but we got some, uh, we got some reviews here. It said, uh, happy, happy, joy, joy. This strain is perfect for having energy, fun, socializing, camping, hiking, sexing, introspecting, sexing. or going to sleep. So everything, apparently. They said, I finally understand imprinting and something being what I truly need it to be at the moment. It also leaves me functional yet creative and relaxed, even turns the ADHD and anxiety down to a functional level. Lucky to have found this, I don't find it hugely energetic, but it's motivational. Pretty sweet mix. And that was from August 1st of 2020, and then I got one more from August 16th of 2021. Okay. I've been sitting here for five minutes trying to decide which word I should start my review with. So take a, <laughs> that's how it starts so 
Uh, so taking that into consideration, I would have to say my first experience with King Tut has been a good one. I took a few bong hits about 15 minutes ago, or was it 5 or 45? I'm really stoned. I can tell you that I've got a real good sativa buzz going when I, and then in parentheses says, lose train of thought every five seconds. Feel the need to be doing something, and when I find that something, it's usually small, like making a grocery list or organizing a drawer or coming on Leafly. I'll really focus <laughs> on it. I noticed that 30 to 40 minutes after smoking King Tut, the chronic pain in my knees and back, which were bad today, are notice notably lowered. Okay. I, you know, we, uh, you know, when, when review, we look over man. these reviews and man, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've had a, I don't think I had that experience with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, but, but that was a hell of a review that man. Uh, yeah. They went in depth with that one. Yeah, for real. He did. <laughs> All right. Well, um, getting on to, uh, talking about movies here, man, I wanted to talk about like zombie movies and possession movies for a second. Cause, uh, you know, like. Zombie movies and possession movies are the most overdone films in horror. Don't would you yeah. agree with that? I feel like right? that's been the last two trends. Yeah, man. And it was funny because at the beginning of the zombie, <laughs> at the beginning of the zombie outbreak, <laughs> uh, I was like, "Damn, finally we're getting some zombie movies." Now I'm like, "God damn it, stop making zombie movies." <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, people complain about slashers being in abundance. But, like, the sheer amount of zombie movies that you can find on any streaming service, mainly Tubi, is un unparalleled, Dude, man. Same I with possessions. I love zombie movies. Like, when Walking Dead first came out, like, mm. the first couple seasons were great, too. And I was like, man, like, good. Like, I love zombies. And somebody's making, you know, some good zombie content. And then, yeah, <laughs> it all went downhill like that. Yeah, and then, like, Shaun of the Dead, I'm like, man, like finally some good zombie stuff and then, yeah. yeah and then it just yeah, it went downhill quick and uh yeah these, these subgenres are exhausted man to the point that the market's like, saturated whenever yeah whenever i see a new zombie movie or possession movie that's getting actual marketing like the pope's exorcist i immediately think like that's ballsy because it's probably going to suck and not make a lot of money like uh pray for the devil have you ever did you watch that yet no you told me not to oh my god man <laughs> Yeah, that's all. I'll leave it here. Check the website that's like if you want like to read my review on I that I always, one. like, uh, I pretty much listen to you when it comes to that. Like, if you and I could put up with some bad movies. If you just flat out tell me, like, don't even watch it. It's I'm just like, angry, okay, yeah. like, if you're going to go that far and tell me not, not, not even just like, like, like a lot of times we just go, oh, yeah, it was bad. But if yeah. you're telling me, oh, it was terrible, like, don't even watch, don't even waste your time. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I well, I appreciate the fact that you trust that you put your trust in me like that. I um, mean, it didn't look good to me to start with. Yeah, and then yeah, that was like the nail in the coffin for you. Yeah, I was like, all right. But what's so what is so different about the Pope's Exorcist that makes it not terrible and you know actually worth watching? Um, it's based on true events, but all exorcism movies say that anymore, right? Like, I mean, like all every every movie is based on true events nowadays. Yeah, I mean, they basically took reality TV and moved it to the movies. <laughs> yeah, and it's like just like um, zombie movies and possession movies. The whole like based on true events thing is completely overwashed and overdone. It means and Hallmark nothing. Christmas movies. Yeah, and uh, but what does hold a little water is that we got a credible A-list actor in Russell Crowe. I mean, granted, he's he's still an A-lister, maybe not like top of the A's anymore, but I mean. You know, going into this movie, Russell Crowe's name is the only thing that made me say, like, all right, I'll check it out. Um, 
I mean, like, I mean, yeah, I know what you mean about being a lister, but maybe not so much now. Mm. I, I, it'd be like, uh, like Robert Duvall, like he still carries weight because of his name mm -hmm. and his career. So, like, right, exactly. It's kind of the same thing with Russell Crowe, but yeah, yeah. Your comment earlier about uh, he he doesn't like horror movies. I see yeah. him being a snob about horror movies. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I can I, see I that too. I, I could see it, like. Just like too super uptight and like yeah. just you know does only probably likes like Jaws and like the the elite ones and, and stuff I feel like, that. like because this one's religious is why you did it maybe you know you know but but uh you know I honestly could say that I probably wouldn't have watched this if uh, Crow wasn't in it you know I'm just burned out on exorcism movies um, I mean we would have had to have seen it anyway <laughs> <laughs> but before we go into the movie I want to talk about a few things here. Um, Feel free to chime in at any point if you have anything you want to say. I don't know how much of this you know already, but uh, in, uh, to you listeners out there, uh, here's some uh, knowledge for you about you know some behind-the-scenes stuff about the movie. Um, the Exorcist uh, was Reverend Gabriel Amorth's favorite movie in real life. Uh, he said, I mean, that, "What a uh, surprise!" He, he said that The Exorcist was the movie that came the closest to what he does as an exorcist. And he actually became very good friends with the exorcist director, William Friedkin. They were like best friends. They were like very good friends. Did not know that. Um, did you? I, uh, I didn't know they were good friends. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Right. I yeah. mean, yeah. And, uh, in fact, uh, in, in 2017, <laughs> maybe maybe but you know uh and yeah in 2017 uh friedkin uh he legit made a documentary with amorth called the devil and the father the devil and father amorth about the ninth exorcism of an italian woman uh did you check this out it was on shutter no i haven't checked it out yet. yeah i, I wouldn't <laughs> really um, yeah it's like my wife and i watched it but it didn't convince us of anything like even though it was filmed very real in documentary style Every time something significant happened, like, like the demon spoke or uh, a limb twisted or anything like that, it was always off camera. And like it was always just like word of mouth, like somebody coming out of a room and describing to us what happened. Uh, it, was, it was really quite weak. <clears throat> yeah, that sucks. Like, <laughs> I hate this. I mean, so it wasn't even suspenseful with stuff happening off camera. No, like you're kind of like, oh shit, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then it's like the camera just leaves the room. And then, so like Blair Witch. Yeah, it's, you know, so it's, <laughs> it leaves you to question how much of it was actually real and not just like, why was nothing ever caught on camera? You know, but anyway, um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was how the exorcist actually scared Russell Crowe. He, uh, he said that he was 14 in a packed theater of about like 500 people. And that the usher was fucking with the crowd by hitting the ceiling with a broom. And he said that like, they were not amused, they were pissed. And I liked what he said. He said, that, uh, he said you know how I feel about The Exorcist. Um, he said what the, what the usher was doing was unnecessary because it's like as if you need to do, as if you need to add shit to The Exorcist. And I think that's a really true statement because like you really don't need to add anything to The Exorcist. That's overkill. <laughs> Uh, I mean, for people like Nicole, apparently, me and her were talking about The Exorcist recently, and she was like, I mean, I guess if I saw it when I was younger, I would have thought it was scary, but I don't really see how it's scary. I was like, really? Nah, it's, fuck that, All the stuff you're scared of, but not The Exorcist. <laughs> well, uh, I guess I'll stop rambling here, and we can actually get into the movie, man. Take us through it. All right. The Pope's Exorcist is a 2023 American supernatural horror movie. Julius Avery directs while the screenplay based on Father Gabriel Amorth's 1990 book An Exorcist Tells His Story and his 1992 book An Exorcist More Stories was written by Michael Petroni 
and Evan <laughs> Spilatopoulos is what I'm going to go with. Yeah. Spilatopoulos. Yeah, we'll go with that. Russell Crowe stars as a morph alongside supporting actors Daniel Zavato, Alex Esso, and Franco Nero. Uh, Screen Gems acquired the rights to Amorth's uh, tale, and production began in 2020. And after a change in director and scre- script revisions, I, I was I was terrible. I just this fucking uh, King Tut man. I just blame the weed every week. It yeah, works. right. Uh, filming was shot in Ireland from August to October of 2022. And the movie was released on April 6, 2023 in multiple countries and in the United States on April 14th. Although it uh, grows 66 million globally, the film has garnered mixed reviews from critics. Hmm. And uh, we started in uh, 1987. I was just a year old. I don't even think you were born yet, right? No, it was 1987 is my birth year. Well, yeah. I guess they didn't give a month. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, you're so if it was after, if it was August or later, you're alive. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Father Gabriel Amorth, uh, the Pope's trusted exorcist, travels to an Italian village to assist a man possessed by a demon. Amorth employs a Saint Benedict medal sacramental to exorcise the demon, which drives it into a pig and kill, and then he kills it with a shotgun. Uh, however, Amworth finds himself in trouble with the church tribunal for acting without permission from his superiors. Bishop Lumumba is supportive, while Cardinal Sullivan is doubtful of demonic possession. Yeah. I want to talk about that pig scene. I told you, I was like, so these demons, you know, like, are evil shit. They're supposed to be powerful. You want to tell me this demon got tricked by the simple, oh, I bet you can't even possess this pig. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I totally get you, but I think uh he tried to explain that away by saying that it was uh that it was like um more like uh physical or metaphorical or something like that that it wasn't really a, uh, the dude wasn't really possessed. He just needed like to see that image to like mentally break himself or whatever. Uh I thought the pig scene was kind of cool because it was like kind of uh barbaric and like old school and i'm not yeah really i'm fine with that, the scene i just feel like it's supposed to be like this demon i know i agree with you yeah 100 percent. i was i totally get that it's like damn you stupid demon <laughs> <laughs> uh the pope uh signs amorth to exercise a young american boy named henry in spain and uh henry along with his mother julia and sister amy have come to take possession of an old spanish abbey left to them by henry's deceased father Unfortunately, Henry becomes possessed, and Amorth and his assistant father, Esquibel, I can't, fucking can't say that one, Esquibel, <laughs> attempt to exorcise him without success. Uh, the demon even possesses Amy at times, adding to the complexity of the whole situation. Can I just add in here? I just want to throw in, why is it that everybody besides Reagan in a possession movie, whoever gets possessed is always fucking sweaty as fuck? <laughs> Like hair based into their face, like fucking greasy looking. Like why is everybody who gets possessed yeah, I mean, automatically if, look like, like you, dank and sweaty? If you think about it, Reagan was the opposite. Yeah, cause she was breathing Her, cold and shit. Yeah, yeah, like I would, I wouldn't mind chilling with Reagan, man. I ain't I trying know. to sweat. I mean, that bitch is scary, but I would be chilling with her. Like, yeah, air, nice air conditioned cool. bed. Yeah, right, right. You know, you know, like, I'm living a good life. Them, be like, yo, 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 your mother sucks cocks in hell, bitch. And he'd be <laughs> throwing insults out with her, like teaming up with her and shit. <laughs> All right. Wait, now you team it up with her just because her room cold. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do so she don't attack you. I ain't trying to get puked on in my sleep. 
I mean, that's her problem. That's your problem. You got one piece. She's gonna do it because I'm gonna start swinging, <laughs> and then you're gonna die. I ain't gonna die. I'm a cracker one. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Regan gonna throw like a dresser at you or something. Anyway, uh, I throw right back at the bitch. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. In, in Rome, uh, the Pope falls ill while reading documents about the Spanish case. Amorth uh, discovers a well on the Abbey grounds leading down to a sealed-off complex deemed demonically dangerous by the church. He learns that a founder of the Spanish Inquisition and an exorcist was possessed, allowing him to infiltrate the ter- church and commit numerous evils. And uh, Amorth also learns the name of Henry's demon, Asmodus. Um, yeah, that, yeah, I guess we'll probably stop here for non-spoilers, but I mean, I guess I kind of gave away a spoiler, right? <laughs> but anyway, all I want to say is like, I thought this part was bullshit. Like, <laughs> like they basically were like rewriting Christianity to say that like stuff like the Spanish in- Inquisition and all these evils done by the church were only done because a demon possessed a priest mm-hmm. and allowed all this to happen. I'm like, I feel like that's just like a bullshit. Uh, it wasn't our fault. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we'll blame it. We'll blame the demon. It was on uh, Amadeus. <laughs> <laughs> As notice. <laughs> Amadeus. Mozart Amadeus, don't. <laughs> Amadeus. Oh, God. Ugh. Yeah, so uh, I will say I didn't really watch many trailers. And it's funny, I talked with somebody else I know about the movie, and they thought the same thing. I was telling them about seeing it. That I thought going in, it was supposed to be like the Pope was possessed, and he was being exercised <laughs> like the Pope's oh, exorcist. okay, okay, okay. I didn't really know much background coming into it originally, so that's kind of what I thought it was, and I'm like, this sounds stupid as hell. <laughs> like, but uh, that was not what the movie was. It was just literally you know, the Pope has an exorcist, and this was the guy's like chief exorcist. Yeah, um, the wording is tricky for sure. But anyway, uh, this also like Renfield was better than what I thought it was going to be. Yep. Uh, still not better than Cocaine Bear. Yes, still not better than Cocaine Bear. Is that the best horror movie this year, Cocaine Bear? I, I was going to say, I, I was going. I don't know if I would say it's the best, but truthfully, it is the most rewatchable. I have watched this like several times. Like it's like, especially now that it's on Peacock, I've watched it at least like three times in the last week. So I think it definitely has the most rewatchability so far. <laughs> totally random. Just cutting off the end of my <laughs> beginning of my review here. <laughs> Ask a question. More rewatchability. Cocaine Bear or uh, Willy's Wonderland? <laughs> I'd have How to about go a Willy's. double bill? Yeah. Get bathed into a double bill. Oh, I'll give you a third one. You can only pick two. So okay. to add to that, Psycho Gorman. That'll fuck with oh, you. Oh, no, man. Yeah, Psycho <laughs> Gorman for sure. Um, I'd, yeah. What was the I other figured. And then you got to choose. So basically, I found a roundabout way to make you choose between Cocaine Bear. <laughs> I'd say I'd say Psycho Gorman and Cocaine Bear. See, I would I would go Willy's Wonderland, but I would okay. also go Psycho Gorman. That's just a gimme. Yeah. Butt flaps. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, it was better than what I thought. Uh, but also, like Redfield, 
I didn't thoroughly enjoy the movie. Yeah. But, I mean, it's better than Scream 6, which Drew decided to put on the TV for some reason while we record. <laughs> I don't know why. Just because you hated it? It was it, it was booty juice, but you hated it even more. True. <laughs> yeah, you can't even argue that. <laughs> All I can say, you had to think on it for half a second. Yeah. But anyway, back to the Pope's Exorcist. Uh, <laughs> Russell Crowe looks weird. Like, I don't know what that haircut. He told well, me I yeah. just kept going on his haircut. Yeah, he said because it didn't match his beard. His beard is like Santa Claus pure white. And then he just got jet black hair. Just, that don't add up. And it's kind of like a little bowl cut. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like a bowl cut, but it's cut up higher. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know. It's weird. And he told me, like, let it go. <laughs> yeah, like three times through the movie, you were like, his hair. And I was like, dude. <laughs> uh,. But besides Russell Crowe's look, uh, his Italian accent was kind of funny. Like <laughs> yeah. a few like, times we laughed at things that were said for sure, especially at the end. Yeah. And then it was weird because, I mean, it felt like it was a straight up horror movie. And then they kind of put some action scenes in that were like over the top action scenes that you would see in like john wick is what you pointed out yeah you were like this feels like john wick and i'm like yeah like it was taken like as a very serious approach and then all of a sudden like there's these action scenes that feel more to make it almost borderline a horror comedy to me like with how much like with bodies like flying across crypts and stuff like it was ridiculous um (laughs) still better than scream six yeah Um, (laughs) But anyway, uh, with that said, I mean, the story was decent. Yeah. Um, I don't, I have really no urge to go see this again. Yeah. I mean, well, we didn't Agreed. actually go to the theaters. We rented it, uh, yeah, at home, at home. But like, if you told me it was $5 on, uh, if you texted me, we're like, Hey John, they got a uh, Pope's exorcist for five bucks on voodoo. I just say, cool. Like, yeah, you're not interested. I don't think I'm going to buy that in my collection. I'd give it like a 5.3. Damn. <laughs> Hold on. First of all, how are you going to say if it was $5, you wouldn't buy it, but you were trying to convince me to buy it because I paid $20 for the rental. And you were like, how much was it to own it? I said 28 You said, I just paid for it to own it. I'm like, how are you trying to convince me? No, 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 no. You're perpetrating a lie that like, or trying to imply that I said this after the movie. Uh, I was talking about pre-movie. Like, I probably would have just bought it if it if it was just me because of the yeah. difference. Because then I'm like, if I do like it, I don't want to spend then another $28 after I spent right. 20 to rent it. I just put out $48 for this movie. I'll just gamble the $8, and if I like it, I like it. But then if you but don't like it. But I would like not it. have liked it. Oh, well, I'll just skip it. <laughs> but I, have the, I have the uh, the fucking Ghostbusters remake, because there was two other movies that were free with it, and I had to take it. I mean, it is what it is. It ain't never been <laughs> watched gonna, by me. I was going to say, though, like, but now you have a movie in your collection that you literally just said you wouldn't pay $5 for. But guess what? I don't own it physically. It's digital. I'll just hit the hit the left or right, <laughs> up or down button. I'm just going right past it. Okay. I already got 700-some movies. What's another oh, one? My face hurts. All right. 
Like, <clears throat> but yeah, 5.3. All right, well, for starters, this movie has my girl Alex Esso in it, Starry Eyes. I love her. So, automatic five points right there. I haven't seen right that there. in a while. Yeah, automatic five points right there just for her being in the movie. So, five. Um, there's even like a, a titty grab in the movie that I'm kind of jealous Ooh, of. Oh, I forgot about the titty grab. Yeah, right? You know, but, um, but, uh, Purple yeah. Herps. <laughs> uh, I, 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 Crow was a Morth was a uh, solid for the most part. There were a few comical scenes like we, we kind of talked about that i don't think were meant to be funny yeah there were scenes that we laughed at that were not made to be comical right and uh you know ultimately um he plays a likable but damaged character but uh i'll say that like nothing in this movie wowed me and uh kept me invested i think you agree with this until the last 30 minutes yeah yeah that last 30 minutes really was like oh man i thought it might have actually had a chance you know but yeah oof, uh, and they <laughs> said what, what did they say it meets exorcist meets da vinci code yeah and at 45 minute mark i told you i'm like where's the da vinci code part? Yeah, right. and then it, it showed up at like the hour mark and it was pretty lame yeah and uh i'm a tad disappointed because uh i almost gave this movie props for like no one possessed doing contortionism but then that goes out of the window um, <laughs> and uh, you know all in all um I, I like you said i wouldn't i agree i wouldn't watch it again out of sheer will if i was with someone who hadn't seen it before and they wanted to watch it i guess i like i would but i don't see any reason to like go out of my way to see it again like it's it's a one and done for me it's uh it's definitely not your common exorcism movie uh, but it's also not enough to stand out as like a worthy addition to the possession subgenre i would give it a six but uh, five, six out of ten, but five of those points are thanks to Alex Esso being in the movie. So, I'm sorry. Well, one more time. What was it? You're, I give it a six out of ten. Uh, damn, you put it all the way up to a six. But automatic five for her. So technically, I only gave the movie one point. All right. So, uh, I, yeah, I wanted to follow up like you're talking about uh, Father Aborth. Yeah. Um, his character like felt like that earthy like I'm a, I'm a man uh, i did not say girthy okay. and earthy with an e like will smith earth okay, okay. Earthy. uh like like he's a man of the people kind of like like father like yeah. it kind of almost reminded me of like his character kind of matched up with like father Moore from exorcism of Emily Rose. I get it. Yeah. Where he's like that yeah. everyday kind of like approachable. I'm a man like, of the people. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a champion. Like, like he's trying to help everybody. He yeah. truly cares about people. Like I feel like I was like, yeah, you just feel like a lesser father Moore. Yeah. Basically yeah, in a lesser, in a way lesser movie. For <laughs> in sure. a way lesser movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, Russell way lesser. Yeah. <laughs> My man, Tom Wilkinson fucking murdered it. <laughs> 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 uh, so uh yeah i guess we'll stop uh here for non-spoilers although uh, i feel like my high ass did give away a couple spoilers oops <laughs> yeah, but like i'm telling you you're gonna thank us when you don't want to watch this i don't think there's anything that you would hear that you'd be like oh man uh, they ruined that for me on the podcast and like i, I said I i'm telling I you not anybody. to watch it but yeah. i gave it the slightly watch it grade <laughs> like a 5.3 it's just like yeah, good enough. He tried. Put it on in the background while you're cooking some Scrapple or something. Yeah, Scrapple. All right, so we're going to get into more spoilers here. So if uh, you don't want any, just go grab your Mountain Dew and uh, check it out after you see it. I mean, go watch it, I guess. If you don't, you ain't messing up. <laughs> 
Fuck it, we hit the spoilers at this point. Uh, so, yeah, so, uh, we got the Pope who fell ill. We find out about, uh, Osmodus, the fucking demon. So, uh, during the exorcism, Amorth and Escabel confess and absolve each other of their sins. Uh, the exorcism only succeeds when Amorth offers himself to be possessed, enabling him to identify Asmodus and drive the demon away. And uh, in Rome, Amorth and Escabel find that Car Cardinal Sullivan has been replaced by Bishop Lumumba. They gain entry to a special church archive and plan to visit numerous other evil sites and combat the devil. The film ends with a narration of Amor's career, including the authorship of his many books and photos of the actual uh, exorcist himself. <laughs> Didn't the, the caption say at the end the book was good? <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. Oh, man. I forgot to look at my notes that I wrote down. That's the, that's the fucking weed. Yes, uh, that shit had me dying because it was like he wrote many books over the years and then it was like it just literally ended the last thing written on the screen the books were good <laughs> like what but uh that just like that was just like lazy at the end where they're like oh what do we say about them i could just say they were good <laughs> it would be better if they were like the books were decent <laughs> But um, <laughs> they 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 them Josh Hensley three three point three. So basically, we're set up for like there to be like potential sequels. We got we got the Conjure of Use, a new Conjure universe. So it's gonna be the Amorth universe, <laughs> dude. Um, but uh, damn, you made me lose my train of thought because I'm laughing. No, uh, okay. So am I the only one here and thinking that this is kind of like the Van Helsing of possession movies? Yeah, dude, like. That body went flying across the crypt. That shit was action so almost. ridiculous. Like some crouching tiger, hidden dragon shit. It turned into the exorcist the beginning at the end. It's just like, it, it was just very uninspired and they tried to feel creepy and old like Italy and like, you know, it just, nah. Just meh. Yeah. You ain't wrong. Or in Spain, I mean Spain rather. Yeah. Yeah. It's at Europe. Cobblestones and cobwebs and all that, John. Yeah. So like, yeah if you're here you've seen it or don't care so uh if you've seen it you probably agree like it's whatever but now coming to think about it we gave we did like the majority of the episode before the spoilers i know <laughs> i just told you what happened oh, well. at the end oh I mean, sorry hopefully you like the movie if, if not if, you know you or you, if you don't and we saved you from having to see it like it's funny because I say that but i gave it a grade of like it's just barely good but like yeah. it's one of those ones that it's I saw it. It was okay. I wouldn't go out of my way to like have to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely would not pay twenty dollars to rent it again. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if I'd pay two dollars for it. Uh, I mean, even Alex Esso isn't enough to make me see it again. Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, fuck it. See it, don't see it, or if you saw it, like I said. <laughs> See it, don't see it, or if you saw it, <laughs> that's all the options. <laughs> well, what, what, what other options are there? <laughs> you left, you left the listeners with nothing. <laughs> with nothing, no updates. I'm still, I'm sticking by the five point three. All right, Ugh. six out of ten for me. Still better than Scream Six.
thanks to all the horror hounds and smokers out there for tuning in and uh yeah so i guess if you're still here you must have really uh enjoyed the movie or just our lovely voices (laughs) but uh join us next week because we have a special guest joe bob fucking briggs that's right he's coming here (laughs) we're gonna have an interview with him it's gonna be amazing been like one of our top guests that we would love to have on our show and it's finally happening so uh make sure to follow us online at high on horror 420 at facebook twitter instagram tiktok tiki talkie tiki talkie you like talkies no talkies no. yeah moving <laughs> on so uh send us some puff puff ass questions at high on horror at four high on horror at 420 <laughs> holy christ <laughs> At King Tut sneaking up even more at the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Send us some puff puff ass questions. High on horror 420 at gmail.com. I almost messed it up again. Can I ask you something? Why do you always struggle through these? I don't know. It's like, it's the, like the one thing it doesn't change. <laughs> the only thing it changes is we announce a guest or just tell you to like pay attention to shit. But like other than that, like everything else is the same. You figure I'd get it down, right? Yeah, man. This is why I'm yeah, a professional. <laughs> Check out our website, highonhorror.com. Uh, guess that'll about wrap her up. Catch you later. See you next week. <laughs>